Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. Still places of worship that are not open and uh, unable to gather today. I did see today that this afternoon that in California that, uh, that our Supreme Court uh, voted down the restrictions on churches in California and gave churches a victory there so they can meet in California as they choose to. So praise God. So all those big fines that those churches were facing and all of that uh, hostility toward uh, churches meeting now, is, now, is, now they're able to meet and gather as they choose. And so praise God. We thank God for the victory. God is the victor. Amen. And uh, thank God for su- Supreme Court justices that do the right thing. Amen. And so praise God. And uh, it tells us and shows us that our elections are important. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you have your copy of God's Word, if you'll turn to the book of Revelation chapter 5, and uh, we're going to step into a scene in heaven tonight in Revelation 5 that takes place. And this scene in Revelation chapter 5 that we are looking into um, takes place in heaven right after chapter 4, which we believe is, is a picture of the rapture of the church. And as we step into Uh, this passage of scripture, it's interesting, we get a look into an insight into heaven and around the throne room of God, and uh, what a great, great picture um, that we see. But um, three questions that I want us to ask ourselves tonight, and hopefully by the end of this service we'll be able to answer them. One is, do I have a cause worth living for? Do I have a cause that's worth living for? Uh, uh, is what I am living for worthy of Jesus dying for? Is what I'm living for, is that worthy of Jesus dying for? And finally, when I get where I'm headed, where will I be? And uh, those are great questions. And, you know, um, my father used to have a saying, uh, a a strange saying he used to say, uh, many of us are uh, shoveling smoke and plowing water. And uh, sometimes he would use that phrase and asking, you know, what's so-and-so doing? He'd say, well, he's, he's shoveling smoke and plowing water. And how many know you don't get very far by shoveling smoke and plowing water? Um, psychologists say that there are three things that people need in order to be happy. Three things need to be active in their people's lives in order for them to be happy. One is, is that everybody needs somebody to love. Two is everybody needs something to do. And three, everybody needs something to hope for. And so they say these are the three key ingredients of being happy or having a fulfilled life. Hopefully we all have somebody we love. Hopefully we all have something to do, a purpose that we have in life. And thirdly, we all have the same hope, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so, but Jesus Christ is the only one that is worthy of our love and our lives and all that we are. Uh, We will never be satisfied. You can never truly have satisfaction or true fulfillment 
our understanding of why we were created until we come to worship the one who is worthy to be worshipped. And the one who's worthy to be worshipped is Christ Jesus. Amen. And so tonight here in in Revelation chapter 5, as we uh, uh, dive into that, I want to talk about the the one who is worthy tonight. And uh, we can title the message, He's Worthy to be Praised Tonight. Or uh, I like to say, oh, what a Savior we have. And we have a great Savior tonight uh, in Christ Jesus. And so I want, us, I want us to see a couple of things as we go through these passages of Scripture. And I'm going to do my best to kind of break some of it down for us so that we uh, have a greater understanding of this chapter as we go through the book of Revelation. You know, throughout history, there has been many what I call pretenders uh, to the earth's throne who have sought to conquer and rule the world. Uh, we all know the chief of those is Satan himself. We know that his rebellion against God and a third of the angels that followed him were thrown out of heaven. Uh, References in scriptures in Revelation 12, verses 3 and 4, Luke chapter 10, verse 18. And um, also we know that 2 Corinthians 4, 4 uh, says that he is the God of this world. Uh, But many, Satan has had the biggest attempt to try to rule the world, but Men such as Nebuchadnezzar, Alexander the Great, uh, all the emperors of Rome, Attila the Hun, Genghis Khan, Napoleon, um, uh, Stalin, uh, Lenin, Hitler, uh, all have tried to rule the earth. And we know in the future there will be one uh, that is the most powerful of Satan's, uh, who Satan's position to to, uh, uh, most polished human conqueror of all will come in the last days as one who is the Antichrist. So men have have always pushed to rule the world. But really, there is only one who is exclusive and a ruler of the world, and that is Christ Jesus. But I want to show you some things about him tonight. First of all, let's look at Revelation chapter 5, and let's look at verses 1 through 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside inside and on the back, a seal with seven seals. And when I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. To loose its seven seals. You know, when God had created the world... He had given all authority to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve uh, was given and had all dominion on the earth. And we know the story that uh, they had uh, taken that dominion and had lost that dominion to Satan, the title deed of the earth. They had lost the ability to rule. Adam legally lost dominion to Satan. And 
and he lost all authority to him. And Satan from that time has been the God of this world to that point. And Adam legally lost dominion to Satan. Now it has to be legally regained back from, from him. He, he, in order, he has the title deed of the earth, but now it has to be regained. And the only way that it can be regained is through Jesus Christ. And I want us to see a couple of things about Jesus, a picture of Jesus in this hour and in this moment. Number one, I want you to see that Jesus is exclusively worthy. That Jesus is exclusively worthy. That he is the only one who is worthy. Because Adam had lost the title deed of the earth, the scripture tells us there, it said, and John wept. And it said, and uh, John had wept when he saw that there was no one that was worthy to open the scroll. It's a powerful word, John wept. It's the actual, it's a word that is used to describe Jesus when he weeps over Jerusalem in the book of Luke chapter 19 and verse 41, when he weeps over Jerusalem. It means to uh, weep profusely with strong, unrestrained emotion. In other words, John, he said he wept much. The, the context is, is that he wept profusely, that he wept with strong, unrestrained emotion. Have you ever cried so hard that, that you, you, you couldn't restrain the tears as hard as you tried to restrain them? They kept coming. And this is what John was experiencing. These, um, and really, this is the only recorded uh, picture of tears even being in heaven. And so, um, and so these tears... Uh, uh, it is though the tears of God's people through generations, uh, John was weeping here and he continued to weep. But we know that Adam lost the title deed of the earth and in order he legally lost it, but in order for it to be regained, Jesus had to regain it. And Jesus is the only one who is exclusively worthy to be worshiped tonight. In Leviticus 25, 25, um, there is, when a man has lost his possessions, God made a way for it to be brought back in Scripture. When there was possession lost through mishandling or, or bad business or financially, God put provision in the Scripture for the, that lost property or whatever he lost to be brought back. And so in Leviticus 25, 25, a man that lost his provision... God made a way for it to be brought back, but it had to be brought back or bought by a kinsman redeemer. Uh, this is a picture of our salvation. Jesus is our near kinsman. Jesus legally bought back what Adam had lost. Our inheritance was lost by a man, and it had to be redeemed by a man, but not just any man. He had to pay the price of redemption, and the price of redemption was the blood of Jesus. Here in verse 2, in order for a person to be worthy to open the book and loose the seals, he had to be a near kinsman. He had to have, he had to have the price uh, to pay. And, um, and so we look at verse 2, and then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? 
One who was worthy had to be one who was willing to be a kinsman redeemer to the earth and to those that lost, uh, lost our, our dominion to Satan had to be one that was willing to pay the price and who, had, who could pay the price. And no one in heaven and earth was found worthy. Uh, there was no spirit, uh, no demon spirit, none that was worthy. And the world is being saturated in, with tears because no one is worthy to open the scroll. And so no one was worthy. They couldn't find no one. And because we are slaves to sin and we are bankrupt, we could not pay the price. We could not pay the price to be worthy to open the scroll. Jesus, the second Adam, came to earth to regain what the first Adam had lost. He had not been, uh, had he not been a born of a virgin, he would have, he would have been a son of Adam. But though, though he is a perfect man made of woman, he is not the son of Adam. He is the son of man and the son of God. And Jesus was born of a virgin to be what he was, sinless. Jesus was sinless to do what he did. He died on the cross to pay our sin debt. I like what 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says. You should, re- you should memorize this scripture. I love this passage. It's one of my favorites. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. For he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. How many know that's a great passage of scripture? There is no way. How many of you know tonight there is no way to heaven but through Jesus Christ? No way man can get to heaven but through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is exclusively worthy tonight. Exclusively, He's the only one who can redeem man tonight. He's the only one that can be a kinsman redeemer to a lost world and to those who have lost out with God. We were slaves to sin, and Jesus isn't exclusively worthy tonight. But he is also, number two, Jesus is exceedingly worthy tonight. He's exceedingly worthy tonight. You're going to have to back up to chapter 4 and look at verses 10 and 11 with me as I begin to explain to you that Jesus is exceedingly worthy and what that means. And verse 10, it says, The 24 elders fell down before him who, him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by, and, and by you, your, will they exist and were created. In other words, Jesus is exceedingly worthy tonight. Not just exclusively, but exceedingly. Why is he exceedingly worthy tonight? He is worthy because of creation. He is exceedingly worthy because of creation. In verse 11, it says that 
to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by yours will they exist and were created. How many know Jesus created all things? He's worthy because he's the creator of all things. And how many know that we're not the center of the universe? That he's the center of the universe. That, that, that no one else can create but God. Now, scientists claim to create life sometimes in a laboratory. Man can only make matter that God has made, uh, already created and synthesized and then make a lifelike substance from what has already been created matter, right? It's... Uh, it's, it's like um, somebody said a man had a conversation with God one time, uh, a man who was a scientist, and said, I can create too. And God said, well, if you can create, go ahead and create. And um, the man said, uh, the man picked up a clump of dirt, and God said, ah, 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 get your own dirt. Amen. <laughs> he is worthy. He is exceedingly worthy because of creation. He's the only one who can create and the only one who is the creator. Number two, he is worthy because of Calvary. He's exceedingly worthy because of Calvary. Look at verses 5 and 6 of chapter 5. And I look, behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. He is worthy tonight. He is exceedingly worthy because of Calvary. He's the sacrificial lamb. Jesus is the only one who can take the book or the title deed here in Revelation 5 of all the earth and open the seals. What does John see? What does John see in the lamb? He, 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 all of a sudden, John sees this picture of a lamb who's on the throne, who steps up to take the book from the hand of one that sits on the throne. So what kind of lamb does he see? He, he sees a redeeming lamb. It's interesting that the Greek word for lamb is not the word used uh, in other passages in the book of Revelation. The word for lamb here is the word agnos, which means little lamb or pet lamb. Uh, not, not a full-grown lamb. It is, a, it, it is a word for lamb here is a word for little pet lamb. John was expecting to see a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Instead, he sees a lamb, but not just a lamb, but of, of fairly good size, but the most helpless of all creatures, a little pet lamb, the word agnos, which means helpless or fragile or a little lamb or a pet lamb. And, and you know, one of the commands in the Old Testament when they would, uh, uh, bring a, they would bring a lamb into the house for the family, that would eventually be the sacrifice for the family. And the family would get used to that lamb, would play with that lamb. They would get attached to that lamb. And, and, and so... And then that little lamb would become their, their sacrifice or would become dinner for them. The same Greek word for little pet lamb is used only one other time in the Bible. 
It is when Jesus tells Peter to feed his lambs in John 21, 15. It's the only time that word is ever used before. But what does he see? What does John see here? John sees a resurrected lamb. Um, he, he's, he sees a lamb that had been has slain, the lamb as though he had been slain. Uh, he now, he said, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. He sees a redeeming lamb. He sees a lamb that is redeeming, a lamb that, that redeems. He also sees a resurrected lamb, a lamb that, is, that was dead that is no longer dead. Uh, the lamb still has the nail prints and the marks on it of being uh, sacrificed, but he sees this lamb standing. He sees this lamb alive, uh, and the Bible says that uh, it had been slain as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out through all of the earth. So he sees a, a resurrected lamb. He sees a uh, redeeming lamb, and uh, he sees this redeeming lamb, and the lamb no longer is dead, but he sees also in this, in verse 6, he sees a reigning lamb, a lamb that is reigning. And he sees this reigning lamb. And, and in verse 6, Bible prophecy, of course, uh, horns speak of power. So this lamb has seven horns, which is horns speak of power. Seven means a perfect number. So this lamb is omniscient. In other words, this lamb is what? He's all-powerful. He's not just a fragile little lamb. This lamb had been slain, but now he stands. Now he is, is, is a lamb that has stood up, and now he is no longer slain, but he's alive. He was slain, but he's now alive. It said, and he sees these seven horns, which speak of power. Seven is the prefer, perfect number. It's a lamb that is omniscient. In other words, he's all-powerful. This lamb also has seven eyes. Uh, eyes uh, speak of wisdom in Scripture. Uh, he sees everything. In other words, this lamb is not only omnipotent, which is mean all-powerful. He is omniscient, which means he's all-seeing and all-knowing. How many know the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro? How many know God sees everything? God sees everything. God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He sees everything. And the seven spirits of God, uh, that shows that he is omnipresent, that he is everywhere. There is nowhere that he is not. And so he is worthy because of creation. He is worthy because he is a lamb that was slain. He now lives. He is now all-powerful. He is all-knowing, and he's all-reigning. He is in control of all things. And so... Uh, he is worthy, exceedingly worthy because of creation. He's exceedingly worry, uh, worthy because of Calvary. Number three, he's exceedingly worthy because of conquest. Because he has prevailed, verse 5 says. Uh, but one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose the seven seals. The word prevail is where we get the word nikeo, which means to have victory or to be an overcomer. How many know Christ is the ultimate overcomer? He has prevailed. 
He has prevailed over death, hell, and the grave for us. And we will see in the book of Revelation that he will prevail over Satan, over the devil, who's a picture in Revelation and seen as a great red dragon. The Bible says his tail shall wipe away a third of the, of the stars in heaven. He is, prevails over the beast that rises out of the sea. The Antichrist will come with multiple militant millions, and he has prevailed over the Antichrist. He's prevailed over the devil. He is a victor. He is a lamb that is the victor. He has prevailed. He is worthy because of conquest. And so he's exceedingly worthy tonight because he's created all things. He, he has made all things by his hand. He is exceedingly worthy tonight because of Calvary. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And so because of Calvary, he is a risen savior. And he is exceedingly worthy because of conquest. He has defeated every foe. And the one who comes against them all is the lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the question is, Ask to Jesus, by what right do you have to take this book? What right does that lamb have to take the book here and open the seals in Revelation 5? And it's just as Jesus, the question is, Jesus, by what right have you to open these seals and take this book that is mentioned here in Revelation 5? Jesus says, because I am the creator of all things. All things were created by me and for me. I am, uh, I am worthy because of Calvary. I came and shed my blood for all humanity that man might be redeemed to Christ. And he is worthy because of conquest, because he has prevailed and won victory over all things. How many are thankful you have a victorious Savior that you serve tonight? We have a victorious Christ in whom we serve tonight, and he is worthy. And so he's, he's exclusively worthy. He is also exceedingly worthy, but also tonight he is eternally worthy. Look at verses 8 and 10 through 10 tonight in Revelation 5. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, having a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. What a great promise tonight. There has never been a time Jesus was not worthy and there, there, and there never will be a time Jesus is not worthy. There was never a time he wasn't worthy, and there will never be a time that he's not worthy. In this passage, we see in heaven this, this heaven uh, praise that is symbolized by harps and bowls. The harps speak of worship expressed. And so in the Psalms, you know, many of the Psalms were played by harps. The bowls that are spoken here are the bowls, are incense that speak of our praise and our prayers. These are prayers that have already been prayed. 
These are prayers that have been prayed, and God has not forgotten a single prayer that we have prayed. How many believe God has not forgotten a single prayer that you have prayed? Many of these prayers could be prayers that your grandmother prayed or your grandfather prayed. And when the high priest would go into the temple, he would take a bowl or a basin of incense and the aroma which would fill the air. This is an illustration of the prayers of the saints. And when we pray, it just as though that aroma in the temple would be a sweet-smelling aroma to God, uh, this is described as our prayers, that our prayers before Christ or before God, our prayers are a sweet-smelling aroma, a savor to God. And when we praise Him, the Bible calls that, what? The sacrifice of prayer or our sacrifice of praise. And this is also... We also see this new song that is released in heaven. And you say, well, is these prayers that uh, need that have not been answered, will they be answered? And here in the scripture, how many has ever prayed the prayer, thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done? We've all prayed that prayer in some ways. Amen. We've all made that prayer. Well, this is a picture here in Revelation 5. Has, has his kingdom come? Has his will be done? Not all the way yet, but yet these prayers are still living and still alive. And we will sing in heaven to the Lamb. Look at verse 12. It says, when we look at verse 12, it says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing." And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard him saying, blessing and honor and glory and power to be to him who sits on the throne and to, and to worthy f- and, and to the lamb forever and forever, forever and forever. This is an eternal song, a new song because we are now redeemed up in glory, and look, look where the reach of this song. It will echo and thunder from the highest heavens to the lowest hell. Revelation 13, we see the depths of where it goes and where it is able to reach. And from every possible spear, they will give glory to the Lord Jesus. Uh, Romans 14:11 says, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many know one day every knee is going to bow? Every tongue will confess. You know, touch your knees. That knee will bow one day before Christ. Stick your tongue out at me. That tongue will confess Jesus one day. <laughs> I know you're not sticking your tongue at me in, in, in angst, but the truth is that very tongue you have will confess that he is Lord one day and that he will, and that he will, uh, he will confess that he is Lord. All of us will confess that. And yet he's exclusively worthy. We know that he is exceedingly worthy. But here we have, we has read here in five, eight, and ten, and thirteen and fourteen that Jesus is eternally worthy tonight. He is the Lamb that is worthy, and was slain before the foundation of the world. For us all. And so he is worthy to be praised tonight. 
He deserves our praise and our worship tonight. Pastor Adam, if you'll come tonight. And um, I want us to spend a few minutes of worshiping tonight. And I want us to worship like we believe He is worthy, that He is worthy of our praise. You know, we have a lot of things that we all could look at and be, and be disheartened about tonight and be disheartened towards tonight. But we know as we sang that worship song uh, that I won't be afraid, that He reigns, He reigns. We know He reigns tonight. And I feel like we just need to make that confession tonight and worship, that we need to stand and just worship for a few minutes and just let God know that we believe that He that he is worthy tonight, that he's exclusively worthy tonight. We know that he's exclusively worthy tonight, that he deserves all praise tonight, that he himself is exclusively worthy, he's exceedingly worthy tonight, and he is eternally worthy tonight. So stand with me if you would tonight. How many are thankful Jesus bought your sin? He paid for your sin tonight. Are you really grateful for your salvation during this Christmas season? Are you really grateful that, you, that we worship a, the Lamb that has paid the price, that He was our kinsman redeemer, that He came when we were bankrupt and slaves to sin, He paid our price for us tonight. He is exclusively worthy tonight. He's eternally worthy tonight. He's eternally worthy tonight. Because he in heaven is worthy to take, to take the book and to open the seals tonight. Because he, he has eternally paid a price for us. And for the saints, he has paid the blood of Jesus. We sing a new song because of the blood of Jesus tonight. And so we thank God. He's exceedingly worthy tonight because he's created all things. Because of Calvary, right? Because of Calvary. Because he's created all things, he's exceedingly worthy tonight, and because of conquest, he's the great victor tonight. Jesus has victory, and he has given us victory. And so we too can be overcomers tonight in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors, right? We are more than conquerors. The word really means we are super conquerors. We're not just conquerors, but we're super conquerors in Christ Jesus tonight. And so let's just worship a minute and just thank him and just, and just begin to exalt him tonight in a place in our life so that we get back the understanding that he's worthy of all things tonight. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.